Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. So how many of you were here last week? How many of you weren't here last week? Awesome. So if you weren't here last week, I'm going to do a brief uh, recap, but um, go back on, online on our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Um, we've got our podcast now. You can uh, download our, po- our podcast if you have an iPhone. I'm team iPhone all the way. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> iPhone, iPad, I just, just love Apple products. But anyway, um, download our, our, uh, our uh, podcast and uh, take a listen to, uh, to last week. Not just because I preached, but uh, it'll kind of help to preface, uh, of course, what we're going to talk about today because I'm going to refer a lot to um, you know, things that we talked about on last week. Um, as, as always, if you don't have anything to write with, uh, lift your hand up, ushers are in the aisles, and they'll make sure that you have some paper. If you need a pen, let them know. You want to make sure that you take notes, that you write down, write things down. Don't just come to church and hear the word and leave. There's a lot of the things that you're going to hear, there may be something that will kind of stick with you, something that'll, uh, that'll witness to your spirit specifically. You want to make sure that you write those things down so that you don't forget it. You'll leave and you're like, oh man, what was that that Pastor Ken said? Or what was that that Pastor Dave said? Or what was that that Pastor Don said? But if you wrote it down, then you'll have it. You know, I like to keep a journal. How many journalers do we have in here? I like to keep a journal and write things down. And those things, you kind of, you pray about those things, you meditate on them, you kind of study them out. Um, Those are always good and they help us to continue to grow in our faith and in our spiritual walk. Amen. So uh, last week, um, uh, of course, our message uh, series for these two weeks is facing giants, facing giants. And just from last Wednesday to today, how many people have faced a giant? Yeah. (laughs) I faced some, you know, some giants in my own lives. And there's some times that we, you know, uh, we don't always win right off the bat. You know, we may face a giant and we make a decision, we uh, make a choice, and then we take a step back and we say, you know what, that really wasn't the right choice. Probably should have did this. I probably should have did that. But thank God for grace and mercy. Amen. So last week, we're going to recap really quick. We talked about facing giants and we looked at uh, Numbers chapter 13. And uh, in that particular scripture or in that particular passage is when the children of Israel, Moses, and Joshua and Caleb and all of those other good people, they're standing outside of the promised land or Canaan. And this is the land that God told them that he had already given them. And so uh, we talked specifically about what happened when they went into the land. Uh, he sent the 12 spies into the land and what happened? They were there for 40 days. They came back and they brought a, brought a, brought a report. And the report that they brought, the 10 of the spies were like, you know, it's flowing with milk and honey. It's everything that you said, you know, is, is there. But however, there's some big, you know, people in that land. Everything is just, just super duper huge. And they're too strong. We can't, we can't overtake them. We can't fight them. We will lose if we try to go up against uh, uh, these folks. And uh, the first point that we gave last week was be quick to size up your situation or to size up your giant but slow to size up yourself. And what we saw in that particular scripture was that the spies, when they went into the land, they looked at the, 
the largeness, if that's even a word, the bigness, if that's even a word, <laughs> of the, the giants and of the land that they were they're going into, they looked at that and they started to look at uh, their success or their failure based on their own um, uh, report or their own investigation, if you will, of themselves. They were looking at their weaknesses and they were looking at their shortcomings and they were basing the fact of if they were going to win or not on that. And so we said last week, be quick to size up your situation, look at the situation, you know, survey your situation, but don't look or don't base your defeat or your winning, your overcoming that situation on your shortcomings. Amen. The second point we said was don't follow the majority. And so what we saw there was that the spies, after uh, when they came back and they brought the report and they, you know, they said, uh, again, they're too strong. We can't overtake them. And what happened was all of the children of Israel believed exactly what they said. Well, number one, they were leaders. And so we always, uh, we always tend to kind of cling to the words that our leaders say, right? And so they were leaders. And so they were following after their report in a sense that, you know, they said they agreed that they were too big, they were too large, there was nothing that we can do, we're too weak, we can't stand up against them. And so they followed their report. And so we said, don't follow the, the majority because we know that the majority can all, always lead us the wrong way, amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> and then the third point was, uh, what are you thinking? And so one of the things that we talked about last week was that a lot of times the, the, the spies that are, um, that we encounter in our lives, they're not necessarily people. And I'm going to, I'm going to expound on that a little bit more, but they are the thoughts of very, our very own thoughts. They are the thoughts in our own mind. And we have the tendency to make things seem so much bigger by what we think. You agree with that? We make something, uh, or what they call a mountain out of a molehill, something that is so small, we make it so very large. And so we said you have to get, you have to grab the reins, if you will, of your thoughts, of your thought life. You've got to take those thoughts, as, as the scripture says, captive. You can't let your mind just run rampant. You've got to take those thoughts captive. And so the, comment, the, the, the statement that I made or the quote that I made last week was that sometimes the spies in our lives are not necessarily people. Now, when I say that, how many of you have been through a situation, you've got friends, you've got coworkers, you've got family, and you tell them, you know, hey, this is going on in my life, or this is what I'm facing, you know, this is what I'm up against, and the first thing they speak is negativity. Oh, you can't overcome that. There's no way that you're going to get out of that. You can't get that promotion. You can't drive that car. Those are the spies with the negativity. So I said sometimes the spies are not necessarily those people, though we encounter those people, but a lot of times those spies are our very own thoughts. So today we're going to talk about the story of David and Goliath. Now, I didn't want to talk about that last week because, of course, it's very cliche when you talk about giants, immediately everybody thinks about Goliath. I know I did. I said, well, I can't start off with that. So I got to start off with something else, but we're going to talk about David and Goliath today. So if you will, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to start reading at verse 8. But what's happening here, um, because I'm going to skip the majority of, of, of the story, if you will, in the scripture, but what's happening here is the children of Israel, the armies of Israel and Saul, they are on one hill, 
and the Philistines are on another hill. And right in the middle is the valley. That's, ne- that's normally where they do all of their fighting, okay? And so they're standing in this particular area, and we're going to read it. We're going to read here what begins to happen, this giant that comes out. And we talked about Goliath. I talked about Goliath a little bit last week, and it said that Goliath uh, was about 10 feet tall. 10 feet tall? That's very huge. And so, and he was already tall, so you can imagine that if he's tall, if he's big, everything about him is big. His armor, it said he weighed about 125 pounds. He had this big, large sword. He had a javelin that was stuck to his back. And this man was so bad that he had somebody that walked with him carrying his shield. He couldn't even carry his own shield. He had one particular person that carried his shield for him. That's how big he was. So we're going to pick up the story right here in verse 8. And I'm reading out of the NIV. And it says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, he will become, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Verse 10, then the Philistine said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. Verse 11, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Let's pray really quick. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your word because in your word is life. The entrance of your word brings light, Father, and I thank you for all that you're going to speak to us, your people today, and we're going to be better when we leave here. I thank you that hearts are open, minds are open to receive, Father, and we will hear what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Point number one, we're going to jump right in because we're going to uh, take communion at the end of service. So I want to make sure that we have enough time so I can get you guys out in a timely manner. Still want to get out at eight o'clock. So point number one for tonight is don't be afraid. Don't lose hope. Don't be afraid. Don't lose hope. Now I'm going to begin reading. um, I'm going to reread 1 Samuel 17 and 11, but I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase. Now, I like the message paraphrase. It's not a translation. It's actually a paraphrase. And I like reading that because it just, it kind of expounds a little bit more. It kind of brings it to layman's terms, if you will. So I'm going to read that um, verse number 11 from that passage or from that paraphrase. And it says, when Saul and his troops heard the Philistines. Now, if you have your Bible, um, underline heard. When they heard the Philistines challenge, they were terrified and lost all hope. You want to underline that as well. Now, in NIV, it says they were dismayed and terrified. But it says that they, in this translation or in this paraphrase, it says they were terrified and lost all hope. So we've got two uh, or two uh, specific points that we want to bring out, heard and lost all hope. Then I'm going to read 1 Samuel 17, verse 24 through 25, also in the message paraphrase. It says, the Israelites to a man fell back the moment they saw, keep that one in your mind as well, saw the giant totally frightened 
Then verse 25 says, the talk among the troops was, have you ever seen anything like this? This man openly and defiantly challenging Israel. So I asked you guys to keep, uh, keep your mind on those specific words, heard, lost all hope, and saw. Okay. Now, if I could, if I could rearrange the words, I would say heard, saw, lost all hope. The reason I say that is because in our days or in society today, we are so driven by our emotions. We are so driven by our senses. We're driven by what we see. We're driven by what we hear, what we smell, what we feel, what we touch. And a lot of times we make decisions based off of that. So what we see here was the armies of Israel they heard what Goliath was saying. Goliath is standing before them. Who do you think you are? Do you know who I am? I'm this giant. I've killed so many people. The scripture called him a champion. I've killed so many people. You think you can stand up against me? Send whoever you want, whoever's in your army, send your best person out against me. Very arrogant. This day, then he, he turns around and says, this day I defy I disrespect the armies of God, the armies of Israel. So they heard this and they're standing there saying like, listen, if this man is talking this bad, then he's got to be something that we need to fear. So they heard exactly what, uh, what Goliath was saying here. And the scripture says that they were afraid and they lost all hope. Man, there's no way we can defeat this guy. There's no way that we can defeat this guy. Now, this is just the first day. In this scripture here, this is just the first day. And if you read along, you'll notice that for 40 days, 40 days, Goliath came out every single day in the morning, every single day in the evening and said the very same thing. Can you imagine dealing with something for 40 days? Now, look in your own life. There may be something that you've been dealing with for days, for weeks, for months, for years, and this giant is rising up and speaking to you every single day, every single night. Have you lost hope? Have you become afraid? Because the situation hasn't changed, it hasn't turned. Have you lost hope? We see here again where the armies of Israel, they lost hope. They were afraid because they heard what Goliath was saying. And then the story goes on and David actually comes to, uh, uh, to the area where they are. His uh, father, Jesse, sent him. He said, listen, go take this food. And I'm getting some feedback here. Take some food. Uh, see how your brothers are. Because David's, uh, three of David's brothers were fighting uh, for Saul. They were in the armies. Take this food. Go see how they are. Come back and tell me what's, what's going on, how they're doing. So David goes down. And uh, when he gets down there, um, He's asking them how they're doing, what's going on. You know, you guys are right. Everything good. You need anything? I brought some food, you know. And in the middle of him talking, Goliath comes out and says the same thing that he's been saying for 40 days. And David catches wind of that and says, hold on. Who do you think you are? 
So the response that we see here, and we talked about last week, I said uh, in, the, in Numbers chapter 13, we were going to see the wrong response. In this chapter or in this passage, we're going to see the right response. Because David didn't get afraid. David didn't lose hope. But what happened was in this particular situation, and you'll see in verse 17, 24, and 25, if you bring that back up, 1 Samuel, it says the Israelites to a man fell back. And another translation says that they ran the moment that they saw the giant. So now we see where they were afraid by what they heard. And then, of course, along the course of these 40 days, they've been hearing the same thing over and over again, that it's got so bad that when they saw him, they ran. Now, again, I ask you, how many times in your own life have you heard and ran in fear? And it's been there for so long now, you see it and you immediately become afraid because it's not moving. It's not changing. So what we see and what we hear can ultimately cause us to be afraid and to, and to lose hope. That's why it's so important for us to guard what we hear. That's why it's so important for us to guard what we see. Because and what we call our ear gate and our eye gate, listen, that's how, that's how we receive information. We receive the information and then we process it. So it's important that we guard what we see. It's important that we guard what we hear because again, you may face something and you'll take the response of the armies of Israel and you'll be afraid and you'll be tempted to lose hope by what you saw and by what you heard. And again, we have a tendency to base our emotions, our choices, our decision, decisions off of what we see and hear. It begins to govern our thought process. That's why scripture tells us, uh, well, what we see, before I say that, what we see here is by what they heard and by what they saw, what was produced, fear, okay? And God tells us in the word that faith comes how? By hearing. So faith comes by hearing, but also fear comes by hearing. But the difference is with faith, it's coming by hearing what? The word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so in our Christian life, God tells us to do the opposite of what the world does in the sense that don't be uh, governed or don't make decisions based off of your emotions, based off of your, what you see and what you hear. He tells us that faith comes by hearing, but then he tells us, listen, you walk by faith, not by what you see. You walk by faith, by what you believe, that firm persuade, persuasion based off of that what you have heard, which is the word of God. You walk by faith, not by what you see. Because what we know, and the scripture tells us this, that that which is seen is temporary. But that which is unseen is eternal. Listen, you may be going through things right now in your life. Can I tell you, it's only temporary. It's not going to last forever. It may feel like, listen, I've been dealing with this for so long. I'm going to deal with this for the rest of my life. It's not. It's only temporary. 
It's not going to last forever. Walk by faith, not by sight. But listen, not only do we need to guard what we hear and guard what we see, we need to guard what we say. We need to guard what we say because sometimes what happens is not only do our thoughts uh, trigger or create the giants, we create our own giants by what we say. You agree with that? We create our own giants by the words that come from our mouth. You have so much creative power in your tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And when we come, when we get a proper understanding of the power that we have in our words and the things that we say, a lot of things that we experience, we won't experience anymore because we'll start talking different. Listen, when God created us, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, in Genesis chapter one, it says that God created us. He said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And we know that God is spirit. Okay, in Genesis chapter two, we see where God formed man and he breathed and man became a living being. But what happened in Genesis one is God made us just like him, meaning that the same power that God has is the same power that we possess in our tongue. God said, let there be light and light came into existence. And I promise you, if you walk outside in the morning, you're going to see what light Thousands and thousands and thousands of years after he spoke that one word, it's still manifesting today. And the very same power that God has is the same exact power that you have. So when you speak something, it's going to come into existence. Can I tell you that? The word that comes from your mouth is going to be created. That's why God tells you, listen, watch what you say. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. You've got to be careful because once you speak it, it's creating and there's nothing that I can do about it. Have you ever walked through the day and said, man, today is a bad day. How many of you have said that? You don't have to raise your hands. I know you have. (laughs) Have you ever said this? Now, I know a lot of people have said this. Have you ever said this? Man, I'm getting sick. And what happens? You get sick. Man, I have a headache. And what happens? You have a headache. (laughs) Every season, I, I can tell when the weather is changing because I start feeling that pain in my knee. You're going to feel that pain in your knee every time the seasons change because that's what you said. You know, growing up, and my mom could attest to this if she were here, she would agree with this. Growing up, I dealt with hay fever. Anybody know what hay, know what hay fever is? I dealt with hay fever. Pollen was very, very prevalent in Michigan, in Detroit, where I'm from. And so every summer, like clockwork, I dealt with hay fever. And then I got a hold of this one day and I said, so I don't actually have to deal with hay fever? But because I said, yeah, every summer I get hay fever. Every summer I got hay fever. Until I finally started to change my confession, started to change the words that I was saying, the words that I was speaking. I haven't dealt with hay fever in probably about 15 years. 
because of the word that I spoke. The word that I spoke 15 years ago is still manifesting today. What are you speaking? Are you creating your own giants by the words that are coming out of your mouth? I can't afford that. You will never be able to afford it because that's the word that's coming out of your mouth. Change what you say. Whether than saying I can't afford it, you know what? That's just not in my budget right now. That's what my wife and I say. <laughs> it's not that I can't afford it. Listen, that's just not in my budget right now. Doesn't that sound a whole lot better? <laughs> Instead of saying, you know what? I'm getting sick. You say, man, I'm getting over something. I'm just walking out my healing. That's all. I promise you, if you change the words that you confess, you'll start to see things differently. There's an old, uh, old cliche, and I know you probably have heard this before. It's going along, going along with, you know, the words that you're confessing. It says, don't tell your God how big your problems are. Tell your problem how big your God is. And oftentimes, listen, I've been guilty of it. We're all guilty of looking at our problems and thinking that our problems are so much bigger and forgetting the big God that we serve. So why didn't David get in fear when he saw or when he heard Goliath? Because David knew who his God was. David knew how powerful his God was. So he had no reason to fear. He had no reason to be afraid. And I like how uh, David said in 1 Samuel 17, 32, he said, it says he said to Saul, listen, Saul's telling them everything that's going on. He said, listen, look, let no one lose heart. Basically, don't worry about it. I got this. Y'all might be afraid. Y'all might be scared. But listen, don't worry about it. Let me handle this. Let me take care of this. And down in verse 36 through 37, he tells Saul uh, that God gave me the lion. He delivered the lion into my hand. He delivered the bear into my hand. And the same God that delivered the lion and the bear into my hand will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hand as well. You cannot, rem you cannot forget, not remember, but you cannot forget the things that God has delivered you from the victories that God has won for you. Revelations 12 says we overcome by the word or by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. That's remembering the battles that God has won for you. Just like David said, listen, he delivered that lion into my hand. The same God that delivered that lion into my hand, the same God that delivered that bear into my hand is the same God that can deliver me now. The same God that delivered you from whatever addiction you may have is the same God that can heal you of your disease, that can heal you of your infirmity, that can supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. He's the same God yesterday today and forevermore. Don't forget the past victories. That's not even in my notes. Don't forget the past victories. 
because that's how we overcome. We've got to remind ourselves sometimes, God delivered me before. He can deliver me now. So we see uh, that David is telling Saul here that there's no reason to be afraid. I've got this. I'll take care of this. There's no reason to be, uh, to lose hope because God has got our back. God is on our side. Point number two, remind yourself that the battle is the Lord's. You've got to remind yourself that the battle is the Lord's. You know, while I was studying this, this particular, uh, for, for this uh, particular message, and I was reading through um, 1 Samuel 17, and a lot of times when we, when we read that scripture, we see, uh, we see everything that's going on, and we like to liken ourselves to David in the scripture. How many of you have done that? Said, so you see that giant, listen, you take that slingshot, and you knock that giant out, you kill that giant, cut the head off, we see ourselves as David. But while I was studying, God showed me something different when I read this scripture. And when I was reading this, he, not, he, didn't, just show, he didn't show me as me being David. Well, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but he showed me as being, or us as being the armies of Israel. And I said, well, so basically what you're saying is I'm supposed to, to cower in fear. I'm supposed to run away in fear. He said, yes and no. Let me explain it to you a little bit more. Because what David was, was David was a mediator between the armies of Israel and the giant, Goliath. So basically what the armies were doing, they were recognizing that they were weak. They were recognizing that there was absolutely no way that they could defeat this giant by themselves. And God says, that's exactly where I want you to be. Because this word says that in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. He wants you to be at a place where you realize, listen, there is no way that I can win this by myself. I've done all that I can do. There is no way that I can make my husband love me anymore. I've done everything that I can do. There is no way that I can make my child know that I would never leave him, that I, I love them so much. I've done all that I can do. There's no way I can get out of debt. I'm working job after job after job and I'm putting all of this money and I'm doing all of this thing. There's no way that I can, I've done all that I can do. Can I encourage you and say you're at a good place? If you are at that point in your life, you are at a good place. Because it is at that point that God shows up. Because you realize that, listen, there is nothing that I can do in, in and of myself to change this situation. Because if I could, I would have done it a long time ago. So now I'm at a place where I have to rely on God. And I have to rely on his strength. I have to rely on his power. Because there is nothing that I can do. Is anybody at that place? Be encouraged to know that God is with you. And he's not just with you, but he's fighting for you. And so God gave me this quote. And write this down, if you will. We don't fight for victory. 
but we fight from victory. So what does that mean? That means that when you're fighting up against a giant, when you're fighting up against a situation, a circumstance in your life, a circumstance in your life, don't fight as if, listen, I'm trying to win this battle. No, fight from the stance that God has already won this battle for me. So I'm just doing what he's, what he's going to do. <laughs> he's already done it. There's absolutely nothing I, got, I can do. I can just rest. So I'm not fighting for victory, but I'm fighting from a place of victory. I've already won. I've already been healed. Every need has already been supplied. I've already been restored. My marriage has already been restored, revitalized, refreshed. Fight from a place from victory and not a place for victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Read this last scripture to you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and 6. Very familiar scripture. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to read that scripture again. And where you see you, I want you to put your name, put me. David, be strong and courageous. And you, you do this when you feel that you are uh, uh, getting in fear, when you feel that you are weak, when you feel that you are at a place where there is, again, there is nothing else that you can do, nowhere else that you can turn. Start to confess this scripture. David, be strong and courageous. This is God talking to you. Don't be afraid or terrified because of your giant. For I, your God, I'm with you. And I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. That gives you confidence to walk through life, doesn't it? That gives you confidence. That gives you strength. That gives you that extra ability to, to live another day. Knowing that God is with you. You know, depression is very prevalent right now. There are so many people that are dealing with depression on an everyday, day-to-day -day basis. And if you're dealing with depression in here today, you don't have to raise your hand. Listen, I want to encourage you to know that God is with you. You're not alone. Because people feel depressed because they feel like they're alone. Like there's nobody with them. There's no, nobody loves me. I'm going through this life by myself. You're not alone. God is with you. God loves you. The scripture says, if God be for you, who can be against you? You can stand up against any giant. You can face any giant when you recognize that you've got the great, almighty, all-powerful God working, fighting on your behalf. He is with you and he's fighting for you. Fight from that place of victory, knowing that the battle has already been won. Glory to God. Glory to God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church 
at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.